Welcome back or to Community Group Training. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Rivers, and in this episode, Scott Freeman leads us in a conversation with Landry Peterson and John and Kelly Childress to talk about leading a significant segment of our groups, single adults. We talk about the blessings and challenges that it presents to our group leaders, and I have to say, I was very encouraged by this conversation. If you're a first-time listener, we want to thank you for joining us. We also want to thank you for your leadership as you steward your role as a community group leader. The goal of community group training is to address challenges that group leaders face regularly and to help them feel competent to equip their groups well. As I mentioned, I was very encouraged by this conversation and excited for you to hear it. So with that said, let's jump into this episode with Scott Freeman. Well, welcome back, Scott. Thank you, Chris. Um, I appreciate it. Good to be here again. Yeah, man. Well, why don't you introduce our guest today and tell us why this is an important topic for our leaders? Yeah, so I've invited John and Kelly Childress and Landry Peterson to join us here today to talk about something um, that's very important for our groups, and that is the idea of successfully integrating singles into our community groups. Um Across all of our campuses, we ever have over 900 non-married group members, and while I think everyone will recognize that marriage is important and we want to uh, improve marriages and build strong marriages through our groups, we simply cannot alienate what is what amounts to about a quarter of our uh, community group members in the singles, and so... Um, want to talk about that, want to uh, figure out ways that we can integrate singles more successfully. And so John and Kelly have led multiple groups at Grace uh, over the years, many of which have involved single members. Um, Landry has participated in several members and is a single covenant member at our church. And so just excited to talk with these folks about what this can look like. And so Landry, let's, let's start with you and just get you to tell us a little bit about your group experiences here at Grace. Yeah, so um, I started at Grace a couple of years ago, and I started at a different campus. I'm at the Pelham campus now, but at the first campus I worked at, um, I actually was in a community group, and um, I was super close with my leaders. Um, We are still connected today. I just saw them the other day when I went to go visit the campus, Um, but I also had a unique experience in the fact that I I was one of the, it was me and another girl who were single. She was in a little bit different season of life as I was. Um, but then we had a couple of other family units that were in the exact same season. Mm. And while a part of that was really cool because I got to like be surrounded by so many families. Um, there was another part of that that was like pretty challenging because, um, a lot of the conversation outside of like talking about scripture was surrounded by um surrounding the topic of their kids who were Mm -hmm. all elementary age Mm -hmm. and so that was just that was just unique and challenging in its own way because I didn't feel like I had a ton to contribute because I don't I'm not (laughs) I don't have elementary age kids um and so that was um a definitely challenging thing um during that time um but I am now in a small group or a community group um at the Pelham campus and this has been um definitely a different experience um it's been definitely unique in the fact and I know um not all community groups are made up this way but all of the members in the group are or the family units are all in a different season of life Mm -hmm. and so um 
the age range is like is early 20s to 70s and um, everywhere in between. There's not a single family unit that is in the same season. And yeah. so that has been really cool because we on honestly don't have anything in common, but mm-hmm. the fact that we love the Lord and we go to Grace Church. Yeah. And so um, just getting to, um, we kind of have to work some, I felt like in the beginning we had to work to have like common mm-hmm. conversation, but that has been so cool because we instantly were able to kind of dive deep into scripture and we have just found that we, it doesn't matter if you don't have anything yeah. in common, yeah. you know, there's a ton you can talk about. And, um, it's been cool for me to see as like on the younger spectrum side of the spectrum to see different ways that, um, and different seasons of marriage, different Mm -hmm. seasons of parenting. Um, yeah, it's been incredibly eye opening to me and a lot of them have ended up becoming like mentors to me in some ways. And that's all different age ranges and seasons. So that's that's been a huge blessing. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, we, as a staff, as we form community groups, we always try to make sure that we don't just put one single in a group that if we, if there's one, we try you know, to make sure there are two or three. So nobody feels um, alone, but that's a great point that if we do have two singles, but everybody else is in the exact same stage of life, that can be a difficult, you know, you're, you're still going to feel like an outsider when those conversations all drift toward the same mm-hmm. topic. And so the across the board, very heterogeneous group, I think is, is a benefit there. Mm-hmm. So John and Kelly, you guys have led groups for us for many years at Grace. Tell, tell us a little bit about the groups you've led and um, kind of the role that singles have played in, in some of those. So we've led two groups. The first group was um, really all families in pretty similar seasons of life. Mm-hmm. We had one person begin who I think actually was identified as single, but they were married and their spouse wasn't attending. And over time that shifted and they, the spouse joined the group, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then more recently, we've led a group that started as a group where everybody was in their um, 20s and kind of early 20s and initially was um, made up of mostly singles with only one to two couples. In fact, we ha- had struggled to keep the second couple mm. for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then over time, people within the group got married or we got an engaged couple. And so as the group ended, we were more half, the girls were by and large married and the men were about half and half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, what, um, what benefits or blessings have you seen from having singles in your group? You know, there's something that I've really enjoyed about this group particularly is just their willingness to be open. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about when, when I, when I have moved into my thirties, I'm way more or less willing to share at Mm -hmm. times, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and having my, having my wife, I, I I can just let her talk, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's so easy to just insulate myself, Mm -hmm. but our group, um, kind of coming in, everyone, um, most everyone is being singles. Um, they were just very open, yeah. You know, in a great way, because there were times where they would say something, you're, we're like, wow, that's really wrong. Mm-hmm. That is way off base. Mm. But they were willing to share it, mm-hmm. and we could have conversations around that, and um, it was great. Yeah, it was really yeah. good. Well, I know just when I'm sharing at a group, um, I have to filter things in a way to make sure that I'm. 
um, not speaking for my wife, that I'm not portraying her in a, a negative light. I'm not, you know, um, in a way that I didn't have to when I was single or, um, you know, so that could be, that could definitely be a factor. Um, I know just like Landry can't sit here and represent all, um, singles in our church or all types of singles. We also, I think have to recognize that, you know, there are different, stages of singleness. There are different, um, attitudes, um, toward being single. There are the never married young singles. There are folks who are in their forties, fifties, sixties, who have never been married. There are folks who have been divorced, folks who have been widowed. So there's a lot of different folks that make up that 900 number that I talked about at the beginning. And so, um, we do kind of need to recognize that as well. And, and leading different types of singles can look different, I'm sure in groups as well. Um, what are, so we talked about some of the blessings, some of the benefits, the energy that, um, that singles may bring. What are some, what are some challenges that you guys have experienced? I think working with, with singles, there were times where conversations would, would turn towards, you know, like possibly sex Mm -hmm. or just dating. And I think, um, it was, we really tried to handle that, um, on a case by case basis sure. because there were some people in the room that, that were okay with the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then there were other people who weren't. And so, um, what we built in to our schedule was just normal announced times where we were going to be separate. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. really, I think for the guys, especially, um, they were way more likely to share when it was just guys mm-hmm. and it wasn't even necessarily something they couldn't say in front of a girl right. or would be hesitant. It was just that space where it was just other guys. Mm-hmm. There was something about that that made them feel free just to say, Hey, I'm, I've been really lonely this week mm-hmm. and, and really be able to kind of open up. And it was great. And I'm sure Kelly, there were probably situations like that for you with the ladies. Yeah, I think that taking time to meet separately was really important to allow um, the things that just don't feel comfortable when you're not connected to the men in the room, the way that being married gives you a sense of a little bit of connection to even the other men as they may be close in relationship to your spouse. Mm. And so carving out space for the women to meet individually definitely invited conversation that we weren't as likely to have Mm -hmm. in the mixed room. Yeah. And I know I've heard from leaders, and this may seem like a, a small thing or a trivial thing, but it's real, is that if you've got five couples in your group, um, in order to communicate with them, you make five phone calls or you have five units, I guess, to deal with. Whereas if you have two couples and then six singles, that's you know more communication that's necessary, more shepherding situations. So that, you know, again, uh, it's may seem small, but it can, it can add up and, and be a factor for leaders. Um, Landry, I know you've talked about some of the benefits, some of the things you've um, gained from having people in all different stages of life. And, and it sounds like you've had mostly positive experiences in your groups, but what maybe are you hearing from friends or other folks that, uh, you know, are challenges as far as being a single in a community group? Mm-hmm. I would say, um, Probably a frequent one I hear, um, and this again is kind of goes back to my first experience, just how the conversation, um, is always often surrounding like, um, 
the families or kids, mm-hmm. which that is hard for me to say. Cause like, obviously community group, we want everyone to be sharing what mm-hmm. they're going through and that's just the season of life they're in, you yeah, know? And yeah. so that's definitely not to say, I think, I think people sometimes sing, single people in community groups don't always feel like brought into the conversation Mm -hmm. as easily, I guess. Um, I know that was a challenge for me. I just didn't never knew what I could input in because I just didn't have a lot. I don't have any experience raising Mm -hmm. children. Um, And so that was always a challenge for me to feel like, okay, where do I fit into this dynamic? Um, And I have, um, I have someone in my community group now who, um, he does a really great job intentionally calling out me and my other single friend in it and just asking us, Hey, what do you, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. Um, a couple of people in my community group have done that actually. And so Mm -hmm. that's been really cool because it's very easy for me to be like, Oh, I don't, I actually have no experience. Therefore I'm not qualified to speak in, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm learning. And so, um, so yeah, it's it's just a learning experience and it's it is helpful when people like actively bring us into the conversation. Mm-hmm. But I also know it takes boldness on both ends yeah. to enter into that as well. Right. So um, there's definitely like work that I can do too. Yeah. Not. And and learning in this heterogeneous group that we're talking about is not a one-way street. It's not right. that you're just benefiting from the older folks who have been there, done that. I know I have had great conversations with young staff members here that are in their 20s about social media things and how to handle that with my kids because they're more aware of what's going on with that than than Mm -hmm. I am and so there are definitely things that older married folks can learn from you know the singles in the group if it is a case where the singles are younger so yeah we um, just and we just actually had a conversation about um just like children their children starting to date and mm -hmm. people were asking me questions about that and that was a, a turned out to be a really interesting conversation because we all, a lot of us had different perspectives. And Mm. so, um, that was just really helpful and it felt, it, it felt like we were all contributing something. And so that was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, John and Kelly, I know you guys started something with, you've done it with each of your groups that, um, proved to be a great way to connect and to kind of be open and, and, uh, meet with people on a more regular basis, share kind of that best practice that you guys have done with the, with the dinner idea. So in our last group, we started having dinner weekly with our group just as a time to connect. And then when we started this group, we didn't do that right away. And you mentioned a little while ago, when you have a large number of singles, it's more people to shepherd and connect Mm -hmm. with. And we started to realize like, we really want to do this and do it well, but we don't have time. And so we just invited our group whenever they wanted to join us for dinner. And we said, you know, we eat dinner at 6.30 every Wednesday night, and we would love for you to join us. And we're going to have spaghetti and meatballs every week. I'm not going to create a new menu. It's going to be Costco spaghetti and meatballs. And maybe there'll be a salad if you're lucky or bread. But you can tell us at like 4 o'clock on Wednesday if you want to come. And we will be here. We'd love for you to join us. And it created a really sweet space to spend time with them. And it was, you know, less structured, informal, around our dining room table. And um, some weeks everybody came and some weeks one or two people came. But it really increased our chance to just spend time and have those connecting and shepherding conversations. Mm-hmm. That's great. It, it was great. I mean, we had a couple of instances where people were going to serving or going to practice at church mm-hmm. and they would 
they would come to dinner and then have to leave. But Even though they were going to miss the group yeah, meeting itself. Yeah, they were going to gonna miss the group, yeah. but it was just a great time just to sit across the table, touch base, see how everyone's doing, mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, there's something about being able to look at someone in the eye mm-hmm. and just and just see how they're doing. Um, it was great. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, we, we would have loved to have them for community group, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, connection. Yeah, and I think in some ways, sitting around a table, you're doing something else, you're, you know, the You've got food on the table. It's a little less, I don't know, people drop their guard a little bit more when you're breaking bread together versus just sitting in the living room staring at each other trying to have a conversation. And so, um, that I mean, that could be a best practice, whether you have singles in your group or not, to mm-hmm. um, to just create that connecting point. That's, that's great. Um, anything else that any of you would like to add as far as uh, this topic goes? I think one other thing I really loved – it was just watching our children getting to connect. And part of it was the age um, that our, that the people in our group were. But as with a, having a larger number of singles, there was also our kids were the only kids in the group. And so they got to really connect and get to know the other people in the group and to see them as role models and interacting um, and for our children to see that this is what community looks like. Mm-hmm. That was really cool, too. So. Yeah. Um, I think that di- having a large number of singles in this particular group did play a part of that because when you walk in and you've got kids and everyone else has kids, you're kind of focused on your own children. And so that wasn't a barrier for our children to get to connect with our community group. Yeah, that's great. Just the way that it, it benefits both sides. Your, fa- your kids getting to see what community looks like, singles getting to see family. And I know, um, Landry, you mentioned just being in – uh, a home yeah. when your family is in Texas and you're not getting to see them as often, just being invited in for dinner or something is a welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thing that, it's a huge blessing. Yeah. And I, I think I would also say something that's been a, a huge blessing to me in, in both community groups I've been a part of has been um, the um, the husband and wife just being like honest about, and some people might have different feelings about this, but um, it's been a huge blessing for the husband and wife to be like honest about like their marriage or even just like parenting their children. I know it kind of goes back against what I said earlier, but just like even just like seeing the real and the raw of like what it's like doing life with another person. Um, I feel like especially younger 20s or can fantasize about marriage and what that looks like and idolize it for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, um, seeing the, the real messy life stuff, um, obviously we don't need to know everything that happens in a marriage, <laughs> but it is just, it's, it's a blessing to just get to see how you work through things, mm-hmm. um, together and in a faith-based marriage. And so that's, that's been something that's been really impactful for me yeah. to just get to witness too. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's great. Well, um, thank you guys for coming in and having this conversation. I know that uh, in a topic this large, there's no way we can cover every dynamic of what uh, being a single in a group or leading singles can look like. But hopefully this at least uh, emphasizes the importance of it and helps give some ideas. And it, we would love to uh, continue the conversation. So leaders, if any of you have ideas, please share those with us so that we can uh, get those out and um, just share best practices because that's how we all get better.
Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, we want to thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to a Group Life staff member or email us at grouplife at gracechurchsc.org and we'll get you connected. Thanks for joining us today and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.